Hi folks, uh, welcome back. Uh, we've been off for a wee while. Uh, this is just a quick message um, to say that in true shouting into the void fashion, I have recorded with the wrong mic for this episode. So I now have to give you a wee message letting you know that, you know, if you're listening to it and you're wondering, why is this, why is this audio so shit? That's the that's the reason. Um, it's only in this episode. Sunday's episode should be absolutely okay and I just want to apologize you know it wouldn't it wouldn't be shouting into the void without a, a plethora of technical issues so yeah you, you you knew what you were getting yourself into um please enjoy that's just discord see how unprofessional this is please enjoy and uh welcome back Hey, Danny, how you doing, man? These are the words of the beast. <laughs> that was very good. Oh, man. That... The words of the beast who is a 40-a-day smoker. Yeah, I don't know how that guy does it. <laughs> is it like a voice changer or something? Is God it... knows. Maybe it's... um. Maybe they just got Vincent Price in, and he did all of that, and then they just dubbed it over um the actual actor's face. I mean, I've... who knows? I mean, I'm sure that people who know who Vincent Price is are, are laughing their asses off right now. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> you know uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller video? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's Vincent Price. Mm. He's like, oh, it's bloody Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, can't remember. I can't remember Thriller very well, but yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, wonder what he's doing now. Wonder what... I think he's dead, if I'm going to be quite honest with you. Oh. Um, let me Google Vincent Price. Um, Vincent Price died in 1993. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, shit, that's dreadful. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, well, anyway, anyway. <laughs> I couldn't tell from that, that opener. Welcome back. A high energy one. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been off for a, for a wee while because of, of, of different reasons, but we're back now, uh, and we are doing a Doctor Who Season 2, Episode 9, and we're going to start this two-parter, hopefully finish it in some t- <laughs> sometime this month, Uh and it's The Impossible Planet, and it was written mm-hmm. by Matt Jones, it was directed by James Strong, and it is starring David Tennant, Billy Piper, Sean Parks, Claire, oh fuck, Claire Rushbrook, <laughs> Danny Webb, uh, Will Thorpe, and Ronnie... Ro- Ronnie, no surname. Yeah, that famous guy. Think- like Beyonce and Madonna. Yeah, yeah. see, my trouble is, is that I sometimes, like, I can't... Because I write K so poorly, sometimes it looks like an H. So um, I see. Give us the two options of what it could be, and we'll, we'll decide between ourselves. So it's either without googling. It's it. either Ronnie Juch or Ronnie Ja. Right. I think I'm just going to Google it. Yeah. Um, just Google it. What's it called? The Impossible Planet. Um, yeah. We're barely a minute in, and I've googled something twice. Yeah. Um, I should probably just type these names. What? Yeah. Um, what's it, Johnny, Johnny, Ronnie. oh yeah, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie. Ronnie, Ronnie, he plays Danny Bartok, who, is, uh, Danny Bartok's the one I'm thinking of, I don't like him very much. Oh, um, he's the one that controls the, the Oods, sort of. He's the, um, the Ood ethics guy. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't like him, he annoys me. Um, oh, Ronnie, I'd say that's Jutty, I don't really know, but it's an, it's an H, basically. Right, where's the T then? Have I not written a T, oh my god. There's two T's, it's J-H-U-T-T-I. Oh yeah, that's making sense now. 
That's <laughs> making sense. It's just that the ink is so thick in the pen that mm -hmm. the, the sort of stem of the eye has connected with the dot of the eye. So it looks, oh, right. like, it okay. looks like a capital H. But, um, <laughs> of course it does. There we go. So, good start. Uh, do you have an opening statement? <laughs> um, I do have an opening statement. Uh, one of my favourite episodes of Doctor Who. Uh, this one and the next. I know it's like a two-parter, but mega episode mega episodes one of my favorite mega episodes yep. of doctor who i, I like um it, it plays with themes of cosmic horror without delving into it too intensely but i i do quite like that it's it's something that even the doctor can't quite figure out it, it's sort of a it, he's perplexed by this and he's forced to make decisions without knowing all the information um which is something that we don't see very very much as, as we sort of progress through the series yeah definitely um an absolute masterclass in cosmic horror that still deeply unsettles me. I think this two-parter was pretty ballsy, considering religion being the backdrop. Um, yeah, I suppose so. I think I mean, religion has always been the backdrop for a lot of cosmic horror, though. Yeah, I mean, but like, especially for the time, like this came out in like two thousand and five, so it was like mm. there was a lot less sort of like social commentary on stuff like that, and the fact that it was suppose, like a BBC yeah. kids show, like they they delved into like the the ideas of like God and the devil and like what's real and what is, like that's pretty that's pretty fucking it's pretty I fucking it is pretty intense yeah yeah um but anyway do you have uh, some creepy room questions statements uh yes I do why if you're building a console room why would you have a console that can spontaneously catch fire why would you build that in why would you make that happen? Why would you not protect against that? That's my first question. I mean, I don't know if that was like a setting that they had, like the fire setting. <laughs> I think it's you just... You turn the dial and it just ignites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just, you know, if the heaters aren't working, they turn on the fire setting. Um, I don't know. I think... I, I, I'm not really sure I understand your question, <laughs> to, be to be honest. Well, my, my frustration... This happens in a lot of sci-fi. It's like a, a sort of a sci-fi trope is, oh, the engine's overloading or something. And then all of a sudden, all of the control panels burst into flames. Yeah. And that always annoys me because, like, if, if there was a problem with your computer, would you expect your screen to burst into flames? Would you, if you were, if, to be quite honest, if you were doing anything, would you expect that thing to burst into flames if it did not already involve flames? Yeah, I suppose. If I was that... cooking on a gas stove and I was like, oh shit, I've, uh, there's, I've accidentally flambéed this and it's like a big flare up. Okay, yeah, it's on fire, great. But I, there are most things in my house I would not expect them to catch fire spontaneously. Yeah, I mean that's a fair that's a fair sort of assumption of what of, of this <laughs> of the scenario that you're in. I guess mm. it's just um, maybe it runs in so much power that uh, it it bursts into flames every now and then. I mean, maybe. I don't know if there's an universe reason for this. <laughs> I don't know. If no. the, you know, but um, I think you're Must right. A it's a pretty stupid choice. design. Um. Yeah. um right i like mr jefferson he's good yeah he is the security chief because he seems like a bit of a twat and then he's not a twat which is quite nice yeah he's um on, on the surface of it he's, he's characterized as like that um he's like a, this seasoned soldier who's a bit of a bellend uh, but then you, you sort of get to know him a bit better and he's quite nice and he takes his job quite seriously and it's like it's nice it's refreshing to have a character that so fits into a stereotype so well and then subverts that stereotype just a little bit. I quite like that. Yeah. Um I love the look of the base. Uh it looks okay. it looks lived in. It looks like something that, that could actually be like a sort of space base yeah. for like human beings. It's not like sort of Star Trek and sort of clean. It's like 
I imagine mm, that mm. when things, if if things happen in our in our timeline where we go out into space, it's not going to be, so sort of, you know. Yeah, it, I don't think we're going to have like pristine sort of spaceships twenty four seven like in like in Star Trek. You're right. It just looks like an interstellar sort of building site. You know, it, I imagine yeah, yeah. that's what it's probably going to be like. It's it's really good. Um, no, I know exactly what you mean. It's um. It's, yeah, <laughs> there's this great Kuzgazakt video about um, making Mars bases. And they talk about the limitations of like, because Mars gets so horrifically bombarded by radiation 24 fucking 7, you'd have to pad the base walls out so much that you've essentially got like an underground base. So I think there's a lot of planets where like, it was like, right, well, can we just build a normal house? No, we're going to have to dig a big hole and then build a house in the hole and then cover it with dirt. Yeah. So I think a lot of the time you are going to have sort of shitty weird sort of um bases and stuff which i quite like and right this is a, a bit of a hot take but we're gonna go with it the this two-parter is thematically extremely similar to the under the lake before the flood two-parter yeah i was good it's yeah. It, i yeah I, I it's something i did not realize at all until i rewatched under the lake before the flood the other day just for fun i was like oh, this is exactly the same in so many ways yeah um but it, that, again, goes back to the it looks a bit gross. I quite liked that the basin under the lake before the flood looked a bit gross because it was underwater and it was all mouldy and shit. Yeah, and I quite liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I, I really like that the crew have all really good like characterization. Like, mm-hmm. You know, they don't have a lot of time to sort of, to get you to know the characters and stuff, but you feel as if even even the... Even Scooty, who who's like killed off, it's like mm. there's still some like characterization there, and it's like it's done in a sort of organic way that isn't just like you know like the Suicide Squad opening where it's like you see like <laughs> oh god I, yeah <laughs> yeah I've done my best to block that out from my memory yeah yeah you can tell the sort of inner conflicts just by like a couple of lines of of dialogue like the captain sort of the acting captain sort of being afraid of like you know command and whether he's doing a good job or not, the pressures of that. Um, uh, what's, oh, what's his name? The guy who becomes possessed. What's his face? Toby? Yeah, and how he's sort of, mm. you know, very... Um, he's sort of picked on by the others in a, in a strange yeah, way. Yeah, and that and he sort of retreats into his work and his curiosity, and that's how it, mm, that's mm. How it gets him. Um, yeah, I just think... Like, it's where... I think a lot a lot of it has to do with the performances as well. I, I, there's not mm. like one bad performance in this in this episode. They all feel real. They all feel sort of very authentic. Mm. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. It's um, there's something to be said for efficient characterization. It's um, we don't spend hours and hours getting to know these people, but in in the very short space of time that you do get to know them, it's it you it they get a lot across. Yeah, mm. definitely. Um, what you said about the the design of the base, I've got a quick note here that says, uh, right, you know we get like sort of the aerial shot of the base. The base is like all corridor. The the yeah. big main bit is like a big dome. The rest is just all corridor, yeah, true. which does not seem like a good way to design a, anything really. A thin, I feel like yes, yeah. strip. <laughs> <laughs> rooms should there should be more rooms than corridor, surely? Yeah, you would think so. You know, for just for just for like physics. Just sort of a little sturdiness, you know, if you're underneath a fucking black hole. Um, mm. It looks almost like a big sort of mega block set or something like that, you know, that are, 
Yeah, it does a bit. A sort of alien prefab or something like that, you know. <laughs> I think he well, actually that's, says that's... that, doesn't he? It's like, oh, this thing will yeah, be like... flat packs. Yeah. yeah. And easier to build. Um... Yeah, that's the... um, like uh, Yeah, I think there is something about a flat pack that's it's very human in a strange way. I think we have a strange desire to flat pack things. Yeah. I think it's like you look back in history and there's examples of like ancient Roman trebuchets and stuff like being flat packed to be shipped <laughs> off to the Hadrian's Wall or whatever. I just think that's kind of crazy that humans keep going back to flat packing things, which is brilliant. I love it, but it's just also slightly insane. You think there's like a Roman equivalent of like, because I've been, I've been there in like the morning of like a big mm. delivery and like, you know, there's something, there's something aesthetically pleasing about that. You know, it's freezing and you've got your cup of tea in your hand and you're sort of watching as this big lorry mm. comes mm. in with like, do you think the Romans did that? Do you think they have like, I don't know, um, a big set of horse and carriage and they're standing there like, right, let's get this, uh, let's get this loaded lads. You know, they've got their, they've got their extra uh, yeah, shiny probably. breastplates instead of like UV jackets. Something like that. <laughs> <Shiny>. <laughs> I like the idea that they just are rolling around in gravel to tarnish up the breastplates, <laughs> and then they just like you know where the strips of like hi- like um super luminescent silver is on, on high vis jackets. They've like just polished those lines <laughs> yeah. on their breastplate. <laughs> yeah, Leonidas, oh. your your breastplate is too shiny. You look like one of the uh, the uh, horse cart uh, loaders. Get that dirtied up. <laughs> Um. Oh God! Get that dirty up, Leonidas. <laughs> yes, sir. And he just leaps into a pit of gravel and starts frantically rolling around. Very good, good, sir. <laughs> oh God! Uh, I have to say, flat packs. It's um, one of my favourite. I think it was an advert for like IKEA or something. Um, yeah. Where it was two Vikings, um, and they were like making a flat pack catapult or a flat pack trebuchet or something. And one of them had the instructions, and one of them was like twisting something. And um, the one of them shouted to the other, now twist the screw clockwise. And he looks at his mate and goes, what's a clock? <laughs> I'd really like that. It's like one of my favourite jokes. <laughs> that is pretty good. Um, I I am a friend of the Ud. Um, um, you personally? Or are you, or are you quoting the episode? No, I am a friend of the of the Ud. The, 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 yeah, me too. The sort of activists that, that are lit. I presume they want them free. Um, yeah, presumably. I think there's um, there's an episode later on in season four where they sort of delve into that a bit more. Um, yeah, um, Doctor Doctor and Donna, and there's like that big brain that a bloke jumps into and drowns, and yeah, yeah it's like a whole thing. Um, yeah, that's you, you make a very good point. Obviously, I think there is something inherently problematic about like there's, there's quite a few examples of <laughs> well, yes, but my point that I'm trying to make is slavery, where it's implied that they are happy to be slaves. Mm. Like um, it's the ood. It's like oh no, they're happy. They're they're born to be um, born to born to, to to serve sort of thing. But then it's also like say the house elves in Harry Potter. It's like oh no, they they want to serve. That's what they want to do. Yeah. But there's something inherently problematic about that. Where you're thinking, well, that's just a bit gross. I don't like that. You. Sh- I feel like relying upon slavery of any kind is not good. You know. Yeah. I I like how I like how Rose sort of like has a a sort of like call back to when she worked for like a big sort of company like it's obviously mm, mm. It's, it's obviously like not the same thing but like i think increasingly more and more people are sort of you know doing jobs that they they hate and it's just you know i don't really have a choice because i need to make money you know 
Um, need to make money to pay for the bills. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's like maybe that's if like it's becoming like like they would said we have nothing else in life. You know, I'm mm, sure. Mm. I think for at least at least a few people, it's like well, maybe that's what's happening to me. I don't have anything else because I'm trapped yeah. in a job that I hate so much. You know. Yeah, and it's the when you see the sort of depressing reality of people that are having to work two jobs that they both of them that they hate, yeah, and do like sixteen hour days as because I've done an eight hour shift at Starbucks and now I need to do an eight hour shift at B and Q, yeah, because it's you just need the cash and it's it's so poorly paying. Definitely, it's like because in theory you've chosen to do that job, so in theory you've chosen to be a part of this horrific capitalist machine. Well, is that not... It's not a choice, like, though, it's, it's, is it? <laughs> no, 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 exactly. It's like a forced choice, yeah. which is it's like, coercion. That's the word I'm looking for. It's like offering someone to be punched or stabbed. Like, Yes, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not as if, like, oh, well, look at the freedoms I have. Um, yes, exactly. Um, um, well, moving on from capitalism, because somehow we've brought it back to that. I know, but to be fair, that is minutes. pretty, like, you know, it doesn't get more sort of social commentary than that, than literally no, that's very true. having slaves the, in your slaves, story. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. Um, but yeah, I there's a lot of cosmic horror things that I particularly like. Um, I love cosmic horror in general. Um, something that I liked about this was that um, when they were looking at the symbols and they wouldn't translate, the symbols on the sort of... Not mine shaft. What am I, what am I calling the it? The trapdoor around the outside. The oh, oh, yeah. Like right at the end when they were looking at those symbols and they were like, "I can't translate them. I could spend forever down here trying to figure them out, and I've got no idea what it would say." Yeah. Sort of thing. Um, I liked that very, very much. Um, it reminded me of. I mean, I, I I did a whole nugget of bullshit where I was going on and on about podcasts, but in this podcast, I liked. Um, it's 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 like an adaptation of H. P. Lovecraft's stories, mm-hmm. and. Um, they spoke about um, this symbol, which was like the the uh, the icon of this church that worships this being that may or may not exist, and all that all that classic Lovecraft nonsense. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about this symbol, and he said, and the narrator was saying, as I looked at the symbol, I, I couldn't focus my eyes on it. I couldn't keep focus on it for longer than a second or two, and it gave me a migraine as I put it down. I I, I hurt my head to look at oh it, God. and I, I like that it's the idea of. Um, if these beings do exist in dimensions higher than our own and that sort of thing, I like the idea that even trying to process thoughts about them or trying to look at symbols or trying to understand them, it is physically impossible for us. It hurts our brains. And yeah, do you know what I mean? It would just it would just destroy us. Like yeah, exactly. We, it, and I I really like that idea. And like, like stories, like there's just things that we we just aren't allowed to know or can't know. Mm, mm, um, mm. I I almost feel that. Like this, this two parter is almost a bit like that because there are Doctor Who episodes that you can just sit down and watch, and just sort of like have it on in the background. But this, like, I couldn't like casually watch this. You know, mm, it's mm. like you actually have to put like effort in to watch this. You know, it's almost yeah. a bit like that yeah. sort of writing. It's like you, you're good if you're watching it, you're going to be watching it. You know, um, mm, mm. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, but. Uh, See what... oh, one thing I'd oh, um, getting rid of the TARDIS is a good uh, way to get a creative way out of the situation. So I'm really glad that they've. I'm really glad that they've went with that. Um, yep. I, 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 I can't wait I... to see how they get out of this one. 
It's going to be mm. great, whatever it is. I hope they don't bring the TARDIS back, whatever happens. Oh, no, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. Come on, now. Don't be... Mm-hmm. Don't be so uncharitable. Um, <laughs> I, I liked the lots of little bits of world building. Like, um, on the table in... I think it was the canteen, there was just, like, some physics scrawled on the table, just some scribbles of little equations and stuff. And it's, like, it's a nice little touch of physical world building of just, like... That, that little bit of world building tells a story. It's, um... Like, uh, for example, if you move into a house or something, then in the back of a cupboard you discover um, a tiny little piece of glass that broke off a set of Christmas tree lights. That tells a story about, oh, well, these Christmas tree lights, like, they were loved and appreciated every Christmas and they got put in the cupboard and, um, and now they've, they've gone because the person's moved out of the house. But this this one piece of all those Christmases remained and all that. The, the physics on the table tells another sort of story mm-hmm. of, like, people were just so busy and so desperate to know what is going on sort of thing and so busy and so desperate to like figure something out they had to just write it on the table because they didn't have any any paper to hand or whatever yeah i don't know i just i like physical world building like that no i i do as well um i do have like some questions about the logistics of like the the beast's sort of abilities like mm-hmm. somehow he can possess like everyone but only he like he can only leave when like the pit is open. Mm. Like he wasn't free mm. before he was like possessing all of the oud. Like, how does that work? Mm. Maybe it's like you can only sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? He can only sort of send out like a a, a fraction of himself. Mm. Like he can only send out a little bit of himself enough to enough to possess people. Then when the pit's open, the whole all of him can come out, sort of thing. Yeah. There's some kind of integral part of his his soul, as it were, that that stays within his his body. Yeah, that's be some bullshit reason like that. <laughs> <laughs> if you got if you got the writer of this episode and like stuck him to a chair, put a gun in his head, he'd probably say something like that. Um, oh yeah, probably. But uh, um, I quite sorry. Go on. No, no, no. Go on. Sorry. I quite like that Toby's lips turn blue when he's possessed. Yeah. Because it's sort of, um, it's a, it, again, it's a nice touch of world building. And it's kind of like, he's a little bit dead when that happens. Yeah. Like, it, like um, when he's out in the vacuum of space and his lips are going blue. And yeah, it's like, it's it's he's not quite as alive as he once was. I, I quite, again, it's just like a little, a little sort of turning up of the dial of weirdness, which I really like. Yeah, I mean, what's what's really scary is that, like, Toby is like, like, as soon as he's possessed, he's probably he's just dead forever now. Like, mm, mm. like even even when he returns to his normal self, but that 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 can't be him, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like a project. It must be like a projection. I mean, even the beast says that. It's like, you look at me and you will die. It's like he turned around. Yeah. Like, why would? Why would you? <laughs> You, why would you? Why wouldn't you just get up and close your eyes and walk out of the room? Yeah, I get it's like a metaphor. I get it's like a metaphor for like human curiosity and all that, and that's like a big sort mm. of thing about this episode. It's like, oh, that little itch in the back of your head. It's like I don't have that fucking itch if a creepy voice is telling me, "You will <laughs> if you look at me, son, you will die." Okay, woo, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I do love um I love Ten's love of humans and that sort of um 
the the indomitability of the human condition of like yeah. standing on standing on a beach and looking out to sea and thinking what's on the other side of the horizon mm-hmm. what else is out there i need to know i think i love that 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 innate sort of thing in humanity i love it it's great yeah i think it's because he he he, he wanted to be human almost yeah yeah like you couldn't imagine capaldi sort of saying that you couldn't imagine him going oh you brilliant humans going wherever you are blundering in Seeing Satan, oh, amazing! He'd probably call them like stupid or something, and like say, "Oh, yeah, you funny little people," like that. But like David Ten, a Tennant's Doctor, I think really wanted to be human, especially with like the romance that he had with Rose. Like they talked about mm. like settling down in this episode, yeah, yeah. so maybe he's like, sort of a bit sort of sad that he can never sort of have that, you know? Yeah. I'd imagine so, yeah, because that 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 he, that's Tennant's great struggle in this. He's, he's the god that wants to be human. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and just briefly bringing it back to Peter Capaldi for a second, Peter Capaldi was in the Vicar of Dibley. Did you know this? I've never seen the Vicar of Dibley. No, neither have I. It's been um, dumped onto Netflix as like a as a big block of episodes. And um, Chloe and I tried to watch a couple, and in one of the early episodes, he's like um, this handsome charismatic director that's come to film an episode of songs of praise oh. at the vicar of dibley's church it's really strange it was like um she opened the door to the church dawn french did and peter capaldi's just there like hi i'm here to direct an episode of songs of praise it's like <laughs> oh that's weird um I, i'm gonna it's um yeah it's dawn french isn't it who made that yeah 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 i will she's done some pretty amazing shows like even uh, oh, God, yeah. even um there's a show that I quite like that I started watching. They've just they've just started putting like BB, old BBC shows, old BBC comedies yeah. on Netflix. Um, absolutely fabulous with a uh, yes, Jennifer Saunders. Um, That's like based on an idea that that her and Don French had. It says it at the start of yeah. like every episode. Because um, isn't it French and Saunders have a production company? I think um, so. I think yeah. it's called the French Saunders Production Company or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean. What I I forgot who Jennifer Saunders was, because when I was watching it and I heard her voice, I was like, "That's the fucking fairy godmother from Shrek too." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Joanna Lumley, she's fantastic in that show as well. She's really funny. Yeah, Joanna show. Lumley's cool, isn't she? Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, back to Satan. Um, <laughs> yeah, back to Satan. Um, I've run out of notes, to be honest with you. Most of the most of the interesting, exciting stuff happens in the next episode, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, in this one, it's just a lot of setup, it's so a, not a lot of payoff. Yeah. Um, it's a good amount of setup. Um, mm, mm. You know, you're constantly asking, you're asking questions. By the end of it, you don't know what's going to happen, um, and then you find out next next time. That's generally that's generally yeah. how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, I've run out of notes as well. Do you have a closing statement? Um, I do have a cheeky closing statement. Um, a brilliant setup for a brilliant payoff. Um, it's one of the rare times Doctor Who um, sort of strays into cosmic horror, and I'm a big fan. Um, I really like the sort of intrepid nature of the humans in the story, and, and how we're led to sort of say that's amazing. How how amazing that they've made that choice. Yeah, um, I really like this episode. So do I. Um... We've ran out of villains, Russell. Time to bring in the devil. Here we go. That's it. Amazing. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, The Impossible Planet. Indeed it was. Yeah. Uh, well, hey. Let's do some cheeky shilling now. 
Yeah, go on, let's do a bit. I'm gonna have a cheeky glass of cheeky sip of water while you do some shilling. Wait, fuck, where's my thing? Uh, I had a I have like a little uh, piece of paper that I write everything down on. I should probably mm. just start typing this shit because it's like really it's really kind of <laughs> Anyway, um it's hard to read. Yeah. We uh the uh Jesus Christ, we, you are having some trouble. We, we all have linked trees. Uh, Lewis's, <laughs> <laughs> Lewis's linked trees. How tree. fucking flawless was that? Lewis's linked trees. We've all got linked trees. <laughs> Lewis's linked trees. Link dot. I can't, I don't know it. Lewis, do you have it? Fucking hell. Yes, I do have it. It's uh, We've all got linked trees. Um, linktr.ee slash. Uh, for me, it's Lewis underscore Brindley. For Danny, it's Ohiram. And for the podcast, it's Shouting Into The Void. You can go to those link trees and you can check out <laughs> social media, different places you can get it. You can go to YouTube. Uh, do check out our YouTube channel, actually. We do little videos every week and they're dead good. Go and have a look. Um, go on, Danny. Tell me some other bits of shilling that are on your piece of paper. Uh, um, yeah, we also have a PayPal donate button. Um, so anything you can spare, anything at all, would be uh, very much appreciated. We also have a Patreon. Uh, yes. And we want to thank our wonderful, wonderful patrons. Uh, Chloe. Thank you. Darius. Thank you. Sophie. Thank you. Peter. Thank you. Aditya. Thank you. Richard. Thank you. Natalie. Thank you. And we have a newcomer. <gasps> Doogie. <laughs> You only get one more of them, Dougie, so bear that in mind. Yep. There you go. <laughs> uh, if you would like to join our, our illustrious uh, patrons, you can go to patreon.com slash shouting into the void. Uh, you have the opportunity to join our Discord where we hang out and we have some fun game nights every now and then. Um, you can chat with us and you can say, oh, hi, I'm Phil from Leicester. And I'll say, hi, I'm Lewis from the Midlands. Yes. And then we will never speak again. Definitely. That's Am it. I selling it yet? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we also have merch uh, on Teespring and Redbubble, and we sell lots of shit. So go have a look. Go see what you want. There you go. Selling, selling away. Um, we are also partnered with a fantastic company, uh, Right Side Yarns, and we have an amazing advert for them, and I'm editing mm-hmm. this week, so you will hear that advert now. Danny, I've got some amazing news. Oh, really? What? I'm going to make you a hat. Thanks, but, but why? Well, because Right Side Yarns, who sell beautiful and unique wool, have recently released a new range. Oh, I've heard of them. Aren't they that fantastic Scottish business that sells high-quality hand-dyed products perfect for crafting with? They certainly are, and they're sponsoring the show. R- really? Have they heard the show? Yes, and apparently they like it. Kezia, the owner of the business, has given us a generous 15% off code for any of our listeners to use. It's... Is that why you've got Void15 written in your hand? It is! If you or any of our listeners would like to use the code, simply enter VOID15 at checkout with a capital V. Great! Where do I check out? You can go to their website at rightsideyarns.co.uk or check them out on Instagram at kezia underscore rightsideyarns. Fantastic! This hat you're making me better be good. Oh, my goodness. That is, I, every time I hear that advert, I think, could it be any better next time? And it always is. It always is. It just it it's, always is. It's on a it's on an upward tra- trajectory every time. There's there's yes. never. Any... I like how you stumbled over that word. Sh- that was really shut good. Shut it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, last but certainly not least, we are partnered also with another amazing company called.
called Number 12 Crochet Avenue, and Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Indeed. Number 12 Crochet Avenue is a wee little Instagram company run by my wife. We can go and check out all the cool things she's doing with yarn, and you can be like, oh, that's a cool thing she's doing with yarn. Uh, go and check it out on Instagram, at Number 12 Crochet Avenue. It's all words and, and letters, no punctuation, no numbers. Uh, go, and, go and take a look. Thank you very much. Definitely. Well, um... That was uh, that was Doctor Who. Uh, Indeed, it was. And it's the first part of a two-parter, and the next part will be at some point. Um, who who fucking knows when it'll be? Yeah, we've got some. Wait. we've got some stuff in the pipeline that we're going to be we're going to be putting out, but we will get to it uh, eventually. Mm. Um, it's a very busy Indeed time for us, but you know that's good. To, to put into perspective how busy this time is. I wrote these notes on the 19th of January. We are recording this on the 1st of March. Um, we, we, we might get to this to episode 10 next week. It might be six months. Who fucking knows? Yeah. But either way, uh, stay tuned. We'll get to it eventually, promise. Definitely. Um, yeah, so thank you so much uh, for listening and, and welcome back. We've, we've got some yeah. exciting stuff in the works. We're going to be putting that out as soon as and uh cheers for cheers for listening yes thank you for listening um we'll see you soon thanks goodbye <laughs> <laughs>